0: The city, the country, um, you know, it was a great, amazing season, best parade ever. Uh, thanks to the doctors for, you know, delivering uh, my baby, my baby boy. I also just want to, um, you know, thank the city as far as the restaurants, um, you know, giving up that kawaii and dine uh, throughout the playoffs, uh, I took advantage of that. <laughs> uh, you know, the players, they already know what's up. Um, you know, text, FaceTime me, we'll talk uh, <laughs> Coach and staff as well And uh, the whole organization, really uh, Just
1: thank the whole city um, Thank you Welcome to another episode of That's A Rap Podcast I'm your co-host, Jay Rizales. Welcome, everybody We are in the dead of summer Free agency's over And a press conference just happened With a certain ex-raptor um, But before we dive into that uh i'm joined by my co-host dre how's it going man
2: things are going well thank you so much uh yeah we'll get into the free agency awards we'll get into our thoughts about you know is that press conference wasn't so bad wasn't so bad i think this breakup can work uh i don't know jason is it is it that easy for you how are you doing
3: i don't know i've done a long distance relationship man it wasn't very fun (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's good. It's kind of good to be back. It's good to be talk- talking to you guys. Um, Again, this is That's a Wrap. Uh, it is the dead of summer. It's lot like Las Vegas is even finished. Like it there's it, I always think that there's never anything to talk about. But there's always something to talk about when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to the Raptors, especially because we are reigning champions still. But until we get to our agenda, Jay, I believe we have an esteemed guest today. We oh. do
1: have a special guest, uh, and this is someone that you, Jay, and I like. We we used to work with him over at the Toronto Raptors as Fan Patrol. Uh, he is uh, formerly of the Score and of Bleach Report.
0: Uh, welcome, Chris Walder. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. And I'm I'm esteemed. I like it. Can I put that on my resume? Yes, please, you can. Please do. It's on your Wikipedia already. Esteemed one, Chris <laughs> Walder. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for, for joining us. Um, yeah, we – you know, it's funny. Whenever we are getting prepared for, for 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 a podcast, we start throwing around ideas about what are things to talk about. And, you know, you always kind of think, like, at the end of July, there's not a lot to talk about because free agency already done. Las Vegas is done. But we already know. That's that's foolish, like, to, to assume that this – the NBA is nonstop. It's twenty four seven. There's always something to talk about, and on top of that, we didn't get a chance to record an episode last week celebrating our one year anniversary. So happy anniversary, guys!
3: Hey, hey happy Woo, anniversary, boys! It. Nice.
1: We did oh, it. We made it. And and you know, in addition to that, I mean, the reason why we had started this pod, um, the day we started the pod, our very first episode was the day that the Raptors acquired Kawhi Leonard, and that was just too good like the news is so good that we just, you know, we had kept this podcast thing idea in the back of our minds. We we're not sure if we we're going to do it. When are we going to do it? And then this Kawhi trade happens and everything just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. And here we are. A, it was later. a where
3: were you? Where yeah, it, what, it Where was, were you when it happened?
1: And it, it, It's amazing what's happened over this last year. And, you know, a year later, we're champions as you <laughs> have all noted. Um, yeah, right. but also a year later, and uh, today, earlier today, that same person who brought us helped to bring us a championship held a press conference today. Um, finally being introduced as a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I, I honestly don't really feel like talking about this, but I feel like for some fans, it is that sense of closure. Um, and I think I'll start things off with, with you, Chris. Um, you know, what did you watch the did you even care about watching the 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 press conference did you care like what what were your thoughts on on how that press conference went
0: I'm a glutton for punishment, so I forced myself to watch it, basically. Uh, you know, this was this was inevitable, you know, the moment we heard of the, you know, we all saw the Woj tweet that Kawhi Leonard was committing to the Clippers. I mean, I, I still kind of needed to see it with my own two, not two eyes. I needed to see him next, there, uh, next to Lawrence Frank and Steve Ballmer and Doc Rivers for everything to kind of come full circle. And it brought back memories of this amazing, you know, 2018-2019 campaign that resulted in, of course you know the Raptors becoming NBA champions Mm -hmm. and while I wish he would have stayed behind and you know brought it back and the team could have gone for a repeat you know ultimately he did what was best for him the Clippers are a great organization from the top to from the top down and uh seeing him next to Paul George it it made sense you know sitting there watching him and I'm like yeah he he made the right call at least for now
3: yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I think it, the closure aspect. I think you were talking about Chris was, was when you can see like him kind of holding up his number two in that blue uniform. That you know it's not ready anymore. Uh, I just remember like when he was acquired from the Raptors. We know you know, we saw all those tweets like, you know, Kawhi's not gonna suit up, he doesn't wanna play, blah, 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 blah. And then you see those pictures of Media Day, and he is there. He is wearing that red uniform. And it it was still it was surreal then and it's kind of surreal now. So the fact that a year went by, we are a champion. Uh, and now he's gone so it, it's just crazy what a year can do and how fast it goes and I, I mean I don't know I'm, I'm not taking anything for granted like that season was incredible and I was incredible for everybody but seeing him uh, you know talking about being with the Clippers now it's 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 I guess it's bittersweet I don't know like I, you kind of think about the the time you had with him, uh, uh, you know, holding up that trophy and hugging Kawhi, uh, hugging Kyle Lowry, and then and then now you it's like thinking about your ex, <laughs> and he's and yeah. she's still looking good or something, you know what I mean? So again, it's I don't I don't know for me it was it was definitely bittersweet because now I can still really really think and reminisce about that season.
2: I get the ex girlfriend or ex partner look at things, but for me it's almost like. That one teacher you loved having in elementary school, where it's like that was the greatest year. I'm seeing this teacher with all these other students i'm 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 jealous, but I'm not gonna get rid of that that experience that we had where we learned who we were in this case, it was the team. I'm not gonna forget that championship run that press conference and everything, so I don't know when I got around to watching this press conference the first thing that came in my head. Because I have the wrong priorities, the guy is clearly an American. You know, he's got the the Spurs white, the the Raptors red, and now the Clippers blue. So the guy is clearly like chasing <laughs> all them American colors. That's that's that was my first thought, which is a stupid one, but it's me. There you go. Secondly, it, I, I hate to say this, I really hate saying this. The guy looks good with that jersey. I mean, he didn't actually like put it on, but like the guy's happy. He's home. And at the end of the day, he always was going to go there. That was inevitable. But we had the best case ever of this kind of scenario. Did he sit out like Alonzo morning or threaten to not even show up at all? No. Did he do his best to bring us a championship? One where, you know, some teams, including this Clippers team that he's now joined, have never even seen the finals, right? Like that's what he did. So we're never going to forget this year it's a little sad that we're not going to get this dynasty per se, but these are huge moments. And even though it was short, I can say that our year was one of the best in recent memory of like the last 10 years, at least like it was a fantastic run and it's sad that it couldn't continue, but at the same time we had it and we'll never forget it. You know, Uh, Jay, what do you think?
1: yeah, I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to to watch the press conference, but um, CBC Radio called and said they wanted my my input on it, so I kind of had to watch it. Um, but having said that, I couldn't help but think, and I didn't want to say this on national radio, but I mean, I can't help but think that that Kawhi being here for a year, it's it's kind of like, and I've got I've got two two analogies. One is PG thirteen. One is not really the PG thirteen. One is. He's basically Mary Poppins. He, he just showed up <laughs> out of nowhere, actually, cleaned up everything. It's
3: a, it's a good way to put it, yeah.
1: Right, and we all got a happy ending, and boof, he's gone. Right. My there non-PG thirteen analogy is this is like, and one of my coworkers said this to me. He's like, it's like the one night stand, but you developed feelings for them. You know, like
3: it was <laughs> real. Like we, we oddly enough, about- I heard that one a lot more than the Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll
3: go with Mary Poppins. Even when
2: we talked about this last year,
1: where it was like, okay, well, you know, we, this is, this could be our, this could be the only season we have a superstar on our roster, right? And it's, you know, let's make the most of this one year, right? And that, that's your one night stand, right? But then now that he's like having this press conference with another team and, you know, t- uh, talking to Paul George about teaming up elsewhere, I mean, that hurts, man, and and, and the reason why it hurts is because we developed some feelings for this one night stand. So, um, I, I'm cool with both analogies. At the end of the day, you know, we we've already said it a couple of times here. I mean, he came and brought us a championship, and uh, uh, that banner they fly forever, right? Championship banners fly forever, and and <laughs> we are one of 11 teams in NBA history to win a championship, 11, that's it. So um, that will live on forever. And again, I, you know, I already had my closure with this, um, but I think for the rest of the NBA fans, I feel like they got theirs. And the next time, you know, we hear from him or see him, it'll probably be in October, right? Um, whenever the schedule gets released, whenever they get the first game, they'll be on national TV. We already know that. Um, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. Right. But this was, closure for for those who still needed it and we're ready to move on and i think on that note let's move on to the next part of this pod um the way and i guess the trickle down effect of, of Kawhi leaving is that you know masai had to make some moves to fill out the roster and he moved very fast and now the the roster sits currently at 20 players um 16 with uh, guaranteed or partially guaranteed contracts and another four who are either on a two way or on an exhibit 10 deal. Um, but basically it boils down to those 16 players fighting for 15 spots. Right. And I guess my question to you guys is who, who do you think gets cut? Um, and to give you some time to think about that, I'll quickly go over who our 16 contracts are guaranteed contracts. So Kyle Lowry, Mark Gasol, Sergio Baca, Norm Powell, Fred Van Bleet, Pat McCaw, Stanley Johnson, Ryan Hollis-Jefferson, Pascal Siakam, O.G. Anunobi, Matt Thomas, and <laughs> Malcolm <laughs> Miller. As of, as of today, we are recording this on, on Wednesday. Um, Thank God for today, Matt Thomas. Uh, yeah, uh, Malcolm Stay Miller here. is guaranteed. So we're at 13. And then the partial guarantees are for Cam Payne, um, Chris Boucher, <laughs> and oh my gosh, what's his first name? It starts with a D, D-, D, Hernandez. Dwayne. Dwayne Hernandez, Dwayne- 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 yeah. Uh, oh man, that's going to hurt. I... I should have known that. That's
2: Tom D- Hernandez. D- yeah. Well, I Dewan? think I know what your answer is, Jay. <laughs> 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 and say his name. The guy whose name you don't know.
3: Yeah. So, so, that Hernandez guy. Whatever. Whatever.
2: Uh,
3: I'm going to ask to edit that out. Okay. <laughs>
1: let's throw this one over to you, Dre. Who do you think? Uh, who, who's oh, making God. the team? Or who's getting cut? Uh, if you want more time, throw it over to Jay.
3: Man. So, okay. Come on. Let, let's be real. I don't, our Dewan, I guess Hernandez is is what I think he was our 50, 59th pick, right of the of last year's uh draft. Uh, he's gonna I think he's gonna do well in the in a nine hundred five and play along Chris Boucher. Um, but intriguing prospects like <clears throat> Cameron Payne's probably not gonna play very much, but I mean he's kind of intriguing. He's he is a lottery pick. Um, I don't really know who these other guys are, like Devin Robinson, O'Shea, Brissett. I think O'Shea Brissett is Canadian. I don't if I can't. Mississauga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. So okay, I want to keep him in there. But <laughs> but I mean <laughs> it, it kind of looks like our uh, like, I I don't know if you want I wanted to bring this up, but I guess I'm gonna do that now. But I wanted to make a spot for Vince. Honestly. I really want I really wanted to make a spot for Vince to see if he can come back for his last year. Uh, so Ooh. if if it's gonna be like Cameron, if it's gonna be our Mississauga native, Devin Robinson, I don't know. I I like we do have a great um g-league system uh and clearly people want to sign here because they have such a, de- a good development system why not throw people like Dwayne Hernandez why not keep people like O'Shea Brissett and Devin Robinson and Sigara Canada? i okay but you, you know what I mean like why not because we can we can develop these guys just much like we did with Pascal much like we did with uh Fred you know like it's oh it's not that we're gonna drop these guys but uh it, as long as we can keep them to if we have clearly they're on our team for a reason so if we can keep them on our 905 team or some sort of development then yeah let's keep them but i want to see if we can get a spot for vc i don't i don't think i'm the only one here
0: what's the what's the infatuation besides nostalgia purpose
3: uh, uh, no well, that's it <laughs> Well no I mean he could he could definitely be a great great asset uh, like on the bench I mean I know you got like people like Marcus Sa you have you have you know Kyle and you have Serge that, that, those are our veteran pens but you imagine someone like Vince Carter to to shed a load with Norm and, and be that person for OG and like I don't it would be a great asset. I know he wants to play. I don't think if he comes to our roster, he's gonna play at all. I don't know. I, obviously, the nostalgia factor is the number one factor. It just be it's it's meant to be, man. It's me, it's definitely meant to be for him to retire as as a raptor.
0: He couldn't do that just with the simple one day contract at the end of his career, so he could I say, mean, "I finished it out in Toronto."
3: But I don't think he wants to. I think he wants to play an actual full season with the team. And, you know, if if, he, if this is going to be a potential ring chase, then fine. But he's not like, clearly going to Golden State or or L- one of the L.A. teams. He's going to try to actually fight with a solid team. So well, well, how about this? Yeah. then?
1: How about, what about this? What about the fact that the Raptors as currently constructed, probably need some shooting? Does Vince Carter fill that void then?
2: No, yes. I don't. Well, yeah. more so than some of the people we have. He'd be one of our better shooters, which is kind of yeah, sad. It, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um,
1: and 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 well, just just to add to that, I mean, you know, getting Vince Carter isn't. I mean, I know we we're talking about how we have 16 contracts here, but that's not to say that this is the, going to be the final roster, right? I mean, they can absolutely cut as many people as they want, right? I mean, hmm. a lot of these guys will probably end up in in the G League, and um, someone like yeah. You know, I think it's a matter of, of trying to figure out what do you really need. Like, if if you feel like Jordan Lloyd is your third point guard, then you don't need Cameron Payne, and you can keep Jordan Lloyd in that two way contract, and that opens up a spot for someone like a Vince Carter. Or if you feel like Jordan Lloyd is not ready, maybe Cameron Payne does like that, and maybe it's the fact that someone like a Chris Boucher or Dewan Hernandez ends up being that fourth big to kind of alleviate some of the the mileage that will be on Gasol and Ibaka and actually I think that would be it for bigs we have so um, maybe there is more value in that Um, but yeah it's kind of hard to to envision who gets cut to make room for Vince and again back to Chris's point I mean what is really the purpose if 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 we agree that he's like one of the best shooters that are out there that can help you know provide some offense
0: I'm actually kind of shocked that we're not all of the consensus that Cameron Payne needs to go Oh, yeah. what, <laughs> oh, what <laughs> is the bad he's nice. the team's been <laughs> what, on okay what
2: what does
0: he bring to like what does he bring to the table necessarily because he's not much of a of a facilitator he's not much of a shooter, which are seemingly prerequisites to being a successful n b a point guard and I'll never forget that story uh from me i think it was like two years ago when the chicago bulls uh said that they knew within the second practice of having him that he wasn't an n b a player yeah, we're kind of envisioning him as our third as our third string point guard. The only reason I would say keep him is so I can get at least one sideline dance with him and OG yes. and Obi.
1: Oh 100%. 100%. Oh, percent. Even just the preseason, please. Preseason, is he, other than yeah. that,
2: get rid of him.
3: Is he better him. than Jeremy Lin, or is Jeremy Lin better than Cam?
2: I would. I would like to think that Jeremy Lin is. Uh, Jeremy Lin's not fantastic, but I'd like to think that he's better than Campaign.
0: He can't even shoot, and I would take him over Cameron Bain. <laughs> Yeah. it Doesn't pain me to say that. Yeah, nice. Well played, sir.
1: Uh wait, one one more question Since we're talking about Cameron Payne, uh it is there also the possibility that he just hasn't been and, and I'm I'm totally like just speaking off the top of my head here. I I really don't know the answer to this. Has he been given enough of a chance to prove himself uh in all of his various spots? Or has he always been yeah. like, for example, I think about the Thunder, right? He's like behind Westbrook, he's behind Reggie Jackson. And then the Bulls is behind the Bulls? Levine or, and Chris Dunn. So has he had enough of an um, opportunity to show?
2: Yes, I I am gonna have to side with with uh, Mister Waldo over here. Uh, I, I like. I'm not saying like cut him out outright, but like he is definitely. If I had to have a chopping block, yeah. I mean, I, I think the guys had enough opportunities to show that he's at least like mediocre, but he hasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I'm with you, (laughs) Walder.
0: So I just don't think there's any redeeming factor to his game. And I feel like at this point, yeah, you've seen enough of him, even in, in these, like, you know, these situations where he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. I think the cream always rises to the top. And if he was good enough to put out on the floor, he would be out there regardless of depth issues of the teams that he previously played on. I just think it's kind of a, a lost cause at this point. And there's really no positives that, Having him on the roster would bring. So I say, you know what? Give his roster spot to somebody else that you can get mm-hmm. some, at least a little bit of value out of.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: As far like, for a eighth pick, eighth overall pick. I oh mean, I don't God. really know know the history of like eighth overall picks because they, I mean, they could be they could be very fantastic or they could be terrible. I mean, shout out to
0: Rafael Arugio. <laughs>
3: but, oh, uh,
2: we we do not talk about him here we do not talk we do not bring up that name. he doesn't
3: exist in there but yeah but that's, i mean picks are picks
2: i mean anthony bennett exists right like picks are picks it's it's a gamble at the end of the day and like i honestly believe you know if you're on an absolutely stellar team like a macaw uh sometimes your best talents don't show because you know if you don't have to really bring it you, you don't really have to bring it but like if you're on a struggling, mediocre, or a bad team like the Bulls, let's say, or a conflicting uh, Thunder, you kind of have to like try and give it your all every day so you're not losing ten in a row. So you are getting into eighth seed. And like if you know if you look at Devin Booker or whatever, I mean, he plays for a crap team, but he himself is like always like trying his best. Like th- there are enough signs. There are enough signs. I-, I just I don't think he's cut out for it. Uh, he's got he's got a hilarious name though I, I will say that <laughs> name
1: and dancing those are your two highlights this is why he's <laughs> on if, team.
2: if I was any GM I would totally try and get him during the presidential election because then it would just be like perfect like the, the workplace just perfect campaign campaign <laughs> but uh, aside from that yeah um, whatever
1: who'd you end up picking Jay who'd you pick for for getting
3: uh I, I don't know. I mean I guess I guess I would go with Cameron Payne too. Uh I, I wanna see what Dwayne Hernandez
2: mentality. Th- <laughs> right? It's a massive stereo <laughs> you've you've created. You see what you've done?
1: I have. Yeah. Not I, even I a nine to see- five spot. It's like just get rid of him.
3: Nah, yeah. I mean like freaking I like j I like Lloyd, man. I like him as a third our third string. I wanna see what Dwayne Hernandez have. Chris Boucher obviously you've seen him do his thing, so yeah like if there was a if there was a spot to give up all right fine i mean campaign. i I've, I've haven't seen him nor nor do i feel like i reckon to actually give him a chance to watch him so all right let's go let's go with campaign man <laughs> <laughs> all right um so the 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 the
1: other thing that had kind of been floating around and i mean i'd only seen it in a couple of of, of spots here but the the thought of Bringing in Cameron Payne, as, as perplexing as it was, what if that was because he's not battling for third string? What if it's because he's battling to back up Fred Van Vliet because Kyle Lowry's on his way out? Or what if it's because Fred Van Vliet's on his way out? Which, again, both of those I highly doubt. At least right now, I highly doubt that. So where I'm going with this is um, the fact that what'll be... Um, bugging all Raptors fans and, and the back of our minds throughout the season is the fact that we have three expiring contracts. Um, yeah. And we, I don't know where we're going to go with these, right? I mean, we have Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka and Marcus all, all of them on expiring contracts. What do you guys think in terms of like, wh- like, are any of these guys going to be Raptors next season? And if so, who, or who's, who's gone? Okay. Like, what do you guys I think? I have,
3: I have a question though. With expiring contracts, I want to know why they are an asset to a team who wants to either rebuild or it's it's basically an asset. Like, why is it that because they are an expiring contract for, for myself and people who don't really understand what the purpose is, can you guys kind of explain either yourself, Chris, can you guys kind of explain why it would be a good thing to have in us trying to trade an expiring contract?
0: expiring contracts have value around the league because most of the time you see a player like that you move into a contender and no matter what they're coming off the books at the end of the season so a clear space you kind of get like that rental and if it's someone you don't necessarily want to keep around for the long term you bring them around for that one solid playoff run and then you wipe your hands clean at the end of the season so like a guy like Serge Ibaka or Marco Saul you want to if the Raptors are struggling by February to a contender and see what you can get draft picks you know yeah, like something the along those lines
2: could pick them up or something if we're struggling and then they can go for the title shot basically so you're saying okay so
3: let's let's take Serge Ibaka for example if I don't know uh like you said Philadelphia wants to take him for in the middle of the season does that mean that they don't have to pay they they have to pay the half of the rest of this like 27 million dollars and then after that they can wipe it all clean well what, what what would be the I guess for the purpose of Philadelphia, they would have a chance of getting someone like Serge Ibaka for us. One, we get it off our books. And two, we could get something in return for Serge Ibaka.
1: Something like draft picks, uh, young assets, something like that. Yeah. So there's there's value in it. It's, it's better to, uh, like, if you, if you have the feeling that, like, Serge is not going to resign with the Raptors, because he'll be unrestricted. He can go to anyone, right? Right. right. Um, if you have a feeling that Serge is gone, try to recoup some value for that, right? And that's the value for the Raptors to trade away the expiring contract. The The value, of course, as you guys pointed out, with Phil- someone like a Philadelphia is we get another big name to help us out. Um, and it's just ironic you say the 76ers because they're only big guys right now. So so um, did
3: we do that with Marcus last year?
1: Uh, I would hardly. say... No, yeah, it's not entirely because he, he wasn't an expiring.
3: Um oh, right. he still, he had still had one his year. player still had option. One year. Oh, I see, yeah. I see.
1: But his contract still he was not into, down that into um, Masai's grand plan of, you know, really keeping the books clean after next offseason because Gasol's right. contract matched up with it, right? So he's it,
3: he's trying to literally clear the books between those three. Everyone else is relatively cheap. I mean, I think the most expensive one is probably going to be Pascal, right?
2: They're going to put all the money on him for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's something to kind of keep an eye out on this season because this season he is available, uh, eligible to get his uh, rookie contract extension, um, which for the Raptors, the benefit there is locking him up now. Assuming that he's the type of player who's going to be one of those guys who is like one of those top 20 superstars and is going to want like max money. If you lock him in now at an extension, you're you're basically locking him in now at a cheaper price than you would anticipate that he would want later on. Those are the types of things that the Raptors are probably considering this year. Um the the other benefit, I mean the the flip side of that is don't sign him to a contract extension. And hopefully you can sign him in at something that's reasonable. But, I mean, that's something to kind of keep an eye on this season.
3: Okay. So, so Chris, I'm going to ask you this, man. Let's say we're halfway through the season and we're at 500. We'll probably maybe make the seventh seed. What would you do with those expiring
0: contracts? I think you explore moving every single one of them. Interesting. Really accomplishing. So, so you wouldn't...
3: you wouldn't even want to try to face someone like Philadelphia. And I've, f- I f- again, I feel like we can, we have a chance of being at least maybe the third seed at this point. But it, yeah, we, if we are 500 at that point, you would want to give up everything. You would want to try, to try to get more assets.
0: I'm not saying that you end up moving all three of them, but you'd be crazy not to explore the market and see, hey, what kind of a contending team out there that's not hovering around the 500 mark could get some use out of these guys. And look, ultimately, if you head into the next offseason with, Lowry, Ibaka, and Gasol still on the books, and you you guys have alluded to this already, that they could walk and leave you with nothing. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: the Raptors are going to be entering a rebuilding mode regardless. I don't see them offering the money that Lowry, Abaca and Gasol would want to garner and money that they would probably end up getting elsewhere anyway. Like, do you really want to pay? You know, obviously you want to keep Kyle Lowry around as much as possible. You know, many consider him to be the greatest in franchise history, but he's an aging point guard. You already have that NBA championship. Masai Ujiri isn't the type of individual to be complacent. Mm-hmm. He sees the writing on the wall, and he'll be like, "Hey, we this is this is as far as we could have got with this team, and start anew with Pascal Siakam as our number one." So if if you're going into February at the trade deadline and there's no real optimis- or optimism or sense of optimism that you're going to be uh, fying for home court advantage in the Eastern Conference, you have to be picking up the phone and calling these teams and saying, hey, what can you give us so that heading into the summer, we're in a good spot?
1: Yeah, I would I would also, I would agree with that, right? I mean, you, you, you have to at least listen, right? And it's not to say that um, I, I think what will end up happening if one or two or all three do get traded at some point in that scenario where we're not doing as well as we would have hoped for. Um, I think what you're also going to end up with is at least for the, um, the I guess the the common fan or or, the, or your bandwagoners is they're going to be upset. They're going to be upset about, I mean, if you think about how people reacted to the Demar trade, all those fans who were upset that um, we were trading away the face of the franchise, whereas uh, a, a different part of Raptors fans, um, all four of us here on this pod were elated to get a top five Um, elite player in in, in Kauai. I think that that's what you're going to, you're going to see that all over again. If, if, and when any of these three guys get traded more specifically with Kyle Lowry, but I think you're going to see that too with, with, uh, with Ibaka and Gasol, because the value that we're going to get back is something along the lines of either a young prospect draft picks, um, someone who is not going to be on our books for uh, a lot of money and, or a long time. So um, that's just a reality of of how this team needs to start thinking. Like, I mean, it's we have to start thinking about the possibility that this is Lowry's last season as a Raptor. It may not even be a full season with him. So, um, it, it, that that's a tough one to to swallow, right? That's a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time if we're going to move forward and, and, and we have our sights set on getting Antetokounmpo in 2021 and getting another superstar to line up with Lutsiakum as he continues to um, um, head towards his prime, then yeah, I mean, this is, the changing of the guard is already, it's already happening, right? And and the Kauai departure was the beginning of that. Um, and I think that, you know, we already have a good core that we can, already start to see, I mean, the, the core is changing, right? I think it's moving away from, it's already moved away from Kyle and Damar's team and it's now Fred and Pascal and OG's team. And for me, I'm excited about that. And it'll be interesting to see how this, this season plays out in terms of what happens with our expiring vets.
3: So as it stands now, what do you guys think? uh, How do you think that we stack up against the East now?
0: I think we're a middle Um, of the pack team in the East as currently constituted i i mean i i almost have the east in like a tiered system like the bucks and the sixers are in a league of their own and you know if healthy the raptors should be going for like that three four seed and if they keep the group together as 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 constituted but they're going to be there with the boston celtics and the indiana pacers who are going to eventually going to get oladipo back and the nets you add kyrie irving to that that young dynamic and those young those young guys like three through six is going to be a dog war. And after that, it just, the the fall off is so damn steep. But the Raptors, you know, I think the worst case scenario still has them in the playoff
2: race. I'm predicting like maybe for sure playoffs, maybe like at the very best, as bad as this sounds, second round exit. The East is going to be really tough this year, but we can keep up. We're not, we're not, uh, reclaiming the throne. I didn't think we were when we had Kawhi. It, like the, this championship run was one of the major major catalysts that broke the league basically. And the doors were wide open so everybody made moves. The, they're just such crazy teams in the East. Uh, you know, the Pacers for sure. I can't I still can't believe Odepo's been out. The Pacers still were like A relatively great team you know the playoff run was whatever because Oladipo was out they made their moves people still sleeping on them I'm so glad he brought them up like I don't understand why people are sleeping on them I think they're gonna go I think they're gonna go really far and it's it's gonna be tough uh at worst we're gonna be sixth or seventh at best we're gonna be fourth
3: I mean I'm happy with the playoff contention for sure
1: Oh yeah. yeah, and I think we will make the playoffs. I, I think we are. I, I would agree. Milwaukee and Philadelphia are kind of in, in, in their own upper tier. I, I have Toronto at three or four, depending on again how how the season shakes out with with our expiring vets. Um, uh, mm-hmm. In terms of the other teams, though, I would I could make an argument that every single East "quote unquote" powerhouse got worse um Milwaukee losing Milwaukee losing Brogdon is going to hurt them more than anything that they have done in the offseason to recoup that value um so I think that they
3: yeah
1: will be a little Mm -hmm. bit worse um Philadelphia I have no idea where their scoring is coming from I mean they're big as hell and they're probably going to be top one two or three in 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 defense but I don't know where their scoring is coming from um the idea (laughs) that that Horford is going to help load manage and bead i don't see that happening very effectively it's basically
2: going to be like the 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 good grizzlies run on steroids like that bump and grind team
1: yeah yeah their their games are going to be crazy low scoring um and then with indiana i mean i wanted to get excited with them especially when they got brogdon but man losing thad young i think is going to hurt them Losing Bogdanovich's scoring is going to hurt them. I don't know how much long, like how long Ola is going to be out um, for the start of the season. D- does any of you know? Is, it, is that like a November December thing? Uh, or I, think, is it like... I
0: think the best
1: case is that he, he's back around December January maybe. Oh boy, that's already
2: half the season. That's that's a long time. Yeah. So it, it'll be
1: it'll really depend on like I mean our. Uh, for me, it's like how does their schedule play out, right? Are, is their first half of their schedule very, you know, East heavy, or, or or you know, the easier schedules in the beginning where they can kind of tread water while he's out, or not? I mean, that's that that for me is their their a little bit of their wild card. Um, but going back to the, each of the East teams, I mean, we already know Boston got worse, um, and then with Brooklyn yeah. with without KD this year, I mean. They will be battling for a playoff spot, and that's really it. I mean, there's there's nothing here in the East that's really wowing me. And I, I get it. We lost Kawhi Leonard, and that's going to hurt us the most. But at the same time, it, the rest of the East got got weaker. So ending up as a three or four seed is something that I think is not – I wouldn't even say that's the best case scenario. I think that's uh, a realistic scenario. Um, but I, I would also then agree with, um, with Dre that it, this probably still is second-round exit, and that's fine. That is totally fine because had we not made the Kawhi trade last year, that probably was our destiny last year and this year. Mm -hmm. But the difference is we got a championship this time. So I'm fine with that scenario. That's still very competitive. That still makes for great games. And we're still set up for a very, very promising future.
3: One hundred percent. Don't honestly, I'm not going to sleep on Miami, though. Jimmy Butler does make a big difference. Uh, I I know I was kind of shitting on them before, like I because just because of how hypocritical the move for Jimmy was. Like if you're going to win, if you want to win, that's the number one thing. Then you stay in 70. You stay with the 76ers. But I mean, he's still kind of a game changer. So I'd probably put Miami up there with the Indiana and the Bostons and the Brooklyn's as well. But yes, I agree. I would want them to go maybe third round. That'd be amazing. But again, looking at this roster, it's a little it's a little tough. Is Pascal going to take another Pascal lead? Is OG going to take what he learned from Kawhi? Is you know Fred VanVleet going to basically take the round from Kyle? You you don't know the storylines within not only just like the NBA itself, but within like the Raptors organization and what it means the trickle down effect that Kawhi is leaving. Is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on where you look at it. You know, like there's so many more opportunities now for these young guys to to relish to take this opportunity. Uh, at the same time, it's a you know we're losing our star player, arguably the you know top player in the NBA right now. So, which way you put it, I don't know. But yeah, I I can I can see us at least going for hopefully the third round.
1: Yeah, and that that shapes up for you know a lot of pundits have already said that this is going to be one of the most wide open. Um uh, seasons that uh, that that we can really think of really um if you think about you know the golden State super team and then Miami before that, like it's just been super team after super team and now we we have a a very wide open race and I mean on that note, I think that um one the one we have some preseason awards that we like to go over but before we go to that, we should probably go to break and then we'll we'll hit you guys up with some preseason awards um so stay tuned. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, as usual, I'll buy whatever they're selling. So welcome back. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we. uh, speaking of buying and selling, uh, obviously the league has done a lot of that, in case you've been uh, sleeping on it. Been a few trades, been a few memes about how so many of the All-Stars during last year's All-Star break are now sporting different logos. It's been been a bit of a difference in in the league. It's been blown wide open. That's why I felt fitting this time around to come up with some awards. They're a little bit mean spirited in nature, but pardon fun. And uh don't if you're one of these players that one of these awards is named after, don't don't think about it too much. I mean I'm like you you're you're doing all right. I'm like a I'm a millennial who does freelance. So, you know, the <laughs> joke's on me. So we're gonna look at four different awards. We'll go one by one and see which team won this award or, you know, succumbed to this fate because they're not all positive. So you'll see what I mean about the mean-spirited nature. We're going to start off with the off-season award for the team that we think will start off great with its new prospect, but then will become awful as the season goes on. This is the Roy Hibbert Award for... The rise and fall of a team. Uh, sorry, Roy Hibbert, uh, but you know that's the break. Uh, so, which team on paper looks amazing right now and might start off really well, but will become a complete bust? I'm thinking the big three OKC team. Like, what team's just gonna completely become a crapshoot and you know the, all that promise is gonna be squandered? Mm. Uh, can can, today, I oh, sure, can I start yeah. this
3: one? Oh, sure, Uh th- one hundred percent, Houston Rockets. They oh, look yeah. good. They look good on paper right now. Uh, but come on, you you're talking about two. Okay, they're two MVPs on their own respective teams. You cannot put Westbrook and and Harden on the same team. It's not gonna. It doesn't make any sense. The a duo or NBA jam is about being a tag team. Both of them are individual MVP players. They can't work together. I'm sorry. They might look pretty good in a couple games. Like. Uh, I'm sure James is going to go off for 50 Well, Westbrook is going to go for like 20, 20 and 20, but like at the end of the day, they're still going to be down by 40. So honestly, I'm going to say the Royal Hippodour goes to the Houston Rockets.
0: I completely agree. I mean, these are two of the most high usage players in the entire association. They're going to be fighting over rebounds just so who who can get the first triple double on the roster. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, you know, you keep hearing the storyline that well they're boys, they're they're good friends, they used to be former teammates sure that's cool leading into the season but once you start pairing them together in games like actual regular season games I think there's going to be a little bit of a chemistry issue and not just between those two but like throughout the rest of the roster when those guys are just basically dishing it off to each other how are the the PJ Tuckers and Eric Gordons and Clint Capellas of the world going to feel when the entire offense runs for, through them and they're basically picking up the scraps trying to get offensive rebounds or just standing out in the corner waiting for the ball to get to them and I don't necessarily mean that they're going to be a bad team because I think they're still going to be a top four squad in the Western Conference but I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this team and we're going to be hearing a lot about them especially through the first couple of months of the season
1: yeah so Jason stole the team I was going to say and Walder stole the joke I was going to make about rebounds so I've got nothing to add at all because <laughs> yeah I think, I think, I think it's this is unanimous I think we all think the Rockets are and if, if I really want to be contrarian I don't know who I would choose but what if they don't? I mean, based on what we've already said, I mean, what if they don't even start off well? Maybe this is not the right award for them. Maybe there's another hmm. negative award we can give to them because they might not even start well. But who knows? I'll, I'll agree be with the TV.
2: There you go.
1: Oh yeah, I'll agree with the
2: TV. This is, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this, a is
0: good Houston, one. this is Houston to lose. Here's a here's a take for you. Mike D'Antoni will not finish the season as head coach of the Houston Rockets. Oh, wow, a
3: that's a take. hot take. See, that, that's a good take. take. That's a good take because I think Mike D'Antoni really, really, really liked Chris Paul. Like, he did not want Chris Paul to leave.
2: Huh. Fair, yeah. Interesting. I like and, that. And I mean, I, I can't disagree because what other team has so much uh, quote-unquote promise uh, yet is going to fall flat? Um, my own similar hot take this one I don't think will be as likely as yours about D'Antoni. Uh, Houston might not even make the playoffs. That's my hot take.
1: Ooh. Just, uh, that's uh, that's a uh, fairly fairly hot.
3: It's pretty hot. you know that's hot but I like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility
2: though. It, it's it's kind of spicy. I mean there's two possibilities uh, what you've all said that the entire offense is going to run to them. They're going to basically play a two man team just trying to do everything themselves or the contrarian opinion they're going to actually try and be be teammates or whatever but how well is that actually going to work because they're not used to that they're both used to being the alpha it's just not going to work. Roy Hibbert award definitely goes to the Houston Rockets. There's like zero (laughs) zero it's a unanimous decision. So the next award is uh, similar but a little bit less a little bit less intense. It's the Jeremy Lin Award, a team that's not necessarily going to start off great. They might have a bit of a spurt, but then they're going to fizzle. They might start off mediocre, like mediocre. They might have a bit of a good run, capitalizing on other teams' injuries and stuff, but then they're just going to fizzle again and we're going to forget that they even exist. Kind of like the Washington Wizards. What team is that going to be this year? Uh, Jason, do you want to start again? or uh,
3: No, I'm going to give this off to uh, Chris.
2: Yeah, Chris, what do you think?
0: a team that's going to
2: start out strong and then eventually fizzle is that what you're getting at here or they'll they'll have like like think of like a Linsanity sanity where they, they will have a break sometime during the season and people will think uh-oh uh they're turning up the engines now and then they're just going to fizzle again like they they will have a run so they won't be completely mediocre they have a chance but they're just not going to be great
0: ah uh, my my head immediately goes to the Brooklyn Nets because I look at that roster fair, and, I, right? and I'm and i getting vibes of like just last year's Boston Celtics team where you have a lot of like really solid young talent and then you put Kyrie Irving into that equation and there's just going to be like a mixed bag of results. You know what I mean? Like he's obviously one of the top point guards in the game, you know, some of the greatest handles in league history. But at the same time, it's like we saw – of what transpired in Boston with a team that went all the way to the Eastern conference finals. And within one game of a championship birth without him, Gordon Hayward factor as well, but with him leading the way and without Kevin Durant there as like his, you know, number one, like the Batman to his Robin in a sense, it's like, okay, I think there's going to be, you know some issues with like the Karis Leverts and, and the Spencer Dinwiddie's. I, I think they realize that okay, Kyrie is the guy. He's our number one. He's our alpha dog. But hey, we did all right for ourselves last year, and we didn't have him at the forefront. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic works, and I think that could hurt them in the standings in a sense.
1: I'm gonna go with the. Um, I like that answer. I'm, I, I, I'm gonna move actually over to the West, and I'm gonna go with the Spurs. Um, I think that they are they're a solid team, right? And I think when you when a team like that, especially let's say in the middle of the season, if they start to put together a four game, five game, six game winning streak, you'll start to hear murmurs about, "Oh, here comes Popovich and his Spurs, and they're going to be uh, why do we underestimate them?" and blah blah blah. But really, the team hasn't gotten better. Um, they're they're relying on the emergence of Lonnie Walker. They're they're. Relying on Damari, like it's all Raptors retrans really. It's Damar DeRozan, it's Damari Carroll, like it's uh, so we're, we're game. I, I'm yeah, exactly. So I, I'm thinking that like they'll have some sort of a spurt, but at the end of the day, they'll be who we thought they were, which is uh, <laughs> a
3: borderline playoff team, probably
1: the San
2: Antonio Spurts. This is a new name. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well done. There <laughs> you go. Uh, <laughs>
3: Uh, I like all those answers. Uh, I think the one I'm going to go with is probably going to be a young team. The one that looks the best to me, but probably going to fizzle, is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. I think oh. they, they look very nice. You got you got Zion. You got Lonzo. You got Brandon. You, they look really nice. And I think they're and even JJ Redick. I think they're going to play pretty well in the beginning. They're going to get a lot of attention. I mean, New Orleans doesn't get very much attention, even when they had Anthony Davis. And then now they're going to be on like, you know, ESPN and they're going to, they're going to want to see the Jordan brand that Zion's going to wear, but then they're going to start fizzling up because they're young. They don't really have anybody besides JJ Redick. And uh I guess, drew holiday to kind of steer the ship when things go sour, because this is the, this is the new Orleans Lakers. You know what I mean? Like this is the team that everybody wanted, uh, that that we're going to be traded for Anthony Davis got traded for Anthony Davis, and now it's like, well, let's let's see what Lonzo's going to do. Let's see what Josh Hart's going to do. And and by the time it hits you know, 50 games or 60 games, and Zion doesn't have any more gas anymore, then you know they're it's just going to kind of fizzle out. And I think that that team right there, it's going to look pretty nice. Zion's going to be on uh, the top ten almost every night until February, maybe. That's the, so that's my team. That's my Jeremy Lin award.
2: I, I I have to question though: Is anybody really thinking how Lonto Ball is going to be doing? Yeah, Not this one's really. tough. <laughs> maybe maybe as bad. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, three different opinions. That's that's going to be tough. But um, yeah, I'm going to go Nets as well. I think are they going to be scary next year? They might absolutely be. But right now, you've got Kevin Durant who's out. You've got Kyrie Irving, who's got issues. This is a long-term plan that I think is going to work out. But right now, it's going to be all right. And then it's going to be like, oh, my God. You see, the the Nets are actually competing. They're amazing. I told you. And then they're just going to disappear again. They'll be all right next season. But for now, uh, they're going to be fine. Who said the Nets? One of you said the Uh, Nets. I
0: said the Nets, yes. So wait to copy me.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or so, or you know it could just be so we actually give the award to somebody so we're gonna give it to you Nets. uh you got the uh as much as you uh don't want it uh since you've had him before the jeremy lynn awards so there you ironic
3: go. that he used to be a net
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I mean jeremy lynn used God to be a lot
3: was. of players Jeremy, Jeremy Lynn used to be a lot of teams. So how <laughs> hasn't he been? <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, well, now he's going to have to add yet another team to his roster because we ain't taking him anymore. So, but having said all that, and Jeremy Lin might feel like he deserves this award. It's the Nikola Jokic award, which doesn't really apply too much anymore because the guy's getting his dues, but the guy has been slept on way too long. What team is going to be fired that nobody's talking about? that nobody is bringing up in in conversation. What team is completely underrated and you think is going to kill next year? It could actually be the Nuggets because guess what? They're still being slept on. Uh, I was about to say, I was,
0: I was about to say, my answer is fitting because it's the Denver Nuggets. Like yeah, we're, 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 so <laughs> we're we're so infatuated, we're so starstruck starstruck this off season because we see all of these big time moves. You know, Russell Westbrook going to Houston and Anthony Davis getting traded to the Lakers and Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers. But continuity and chemistry is just so damn huge. And Denver, like they have the gang is back together. They were the second seed in the Western Conference last year, and we're literally <laughs> sleeping on them because you don't see a lot of them on the East Coast. So fans are literally sleeping when this team is out there playing, but they have everyone <laughs> that's, back together. That's a
3: good point.
0: It's like a nice, like legit sleeper pick to be the most valuable player this upcoming season. And Ooh. Denver is going to shock a lot of people. Like they got to game seven. I mean, it's unfortunate that they dropped game seven on their home floor. They could have been in the Western conference finals, but when you have everyone back together and they have some young pieces that are just, you know, obviously on the, uh, on the IR right now, like, uh, Uh, Porter and and Bull Bull like they have some guys in the waiting that could really solidify their bench but I I see Denver going pretty far this upcoming season and the fact that they didn't make any splashy moves is kind of why yeah we are literally sleeping on them
2: oh man yeah I I like like that that point a lot that you brought up the game of seven because in all honesty no disrespect to the trailblazers I think the Warriors would have had a a tougher time had it been the Nuggets just my uh very late unnecessary opinion now but uh <laughs> Jason what do you think
3: uh, damn with that Denver, I was I was gonna pick Denver but I had a one on the background just in case and I'm gonna go with your favorite team uh Dre I'm gonna go with Dallas Mavericks uh, the, oh. this, this is how you're this is how you set up a duel man this is how you go with two of young superstar t- teammates again we don't know how Chris App's going to come back with that injury but Luca is a star. We we know that Chris Kristaps is a star before he uh, got injured. So those two, it's it's no it it's not going to be a Westbrook and Harden situation. These two fit together very well on paper. Again on paper, but man, th- like th- that team is gonna. It, it, I think I think a lot of people are sleeping sleeping on those guys. And I, and a great uh, subtle pickup when they picked up DeLon right too. Just saying.
2: <laughs> no. Not bad, not bad. Um, Jay?
1: And yeah, I, I like that Dallas pick. Um, And I also like the Denver pick. That was actually also going to be my... I was leaning towards Denver, but ended, ultimately ended up going with uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, mm. their, I, I think it's kind of along the same thinking that, that Chris was saying in terms of like, they don't have that splashy um, dynamic duo that all the other splashy teams are getting, but they have constructed a very solid roster and I think the pickup of Mike Conley is going to rejuvenate him I mean there you know I was I was, I was kind of lauding how how amazing the Philadelphia defense is but I think it's actually the Utah Jazz who are going to end up being number one in defense when you got Conley on the perimeter and Gobert behind him that's a tough duo to get around and then if you throw in the fact that they've improved offensively too with Bogdanovich, You have Bogdanovich and Ingles on the wings. And then whenever the shot clock's running down, you got Spider Mitchell. Like, I mean, there's a lot to like about this team. And I think that um, because they haven't had as much success in the playoffs over the past couple of years, I mean, they they, they haven't really gone that far. They haven't gone to conference finals. Um, people are just going to underestimate them all year and, and kind of wait for the other shoe to drop. And it's just not going to happen. And I think that this team has a very legitimate claim to uh being a conference favorite. And I think we're gonna see that as um um as the season wears on and and it's it's kinda like how how it was with Denver, right? We were kinda waiting for that shoe to drop last year. It never did and they end up with the two seed. I think that'll be the Jazz this year. So they get my uh Nicole Jokic yeah. award.
3: Nice, nice.
2: Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna have to pick one. And uh yeah, I'm gonna go with the Jazz, kind of for a similar reason what you were saying, Chris, but the 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 opposite where the Nuggets didn't make a lot of a lot of headway this offseason, and a lot of people just dismissed them for that. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with the Jazz as well, kind of for the uh, same but opposite reason for you, Chris, and the, and the Nuggets, that uh, the Nuggets didn't make a lot of moves, so people just forgot they even existed. The Jazz made a lot of not-so-flashy moves, I would argue, and people just... Kind of shrugged them off because they weren't Anthony Davis, they weren't Kawhi Leonard, but they have a very, what looks to be a very structured, standard team. And seeing how well they did with, not to be too mean, but kind of nobody's the last two years, it's exciting to see what they could do with even more power. But uh, speaking of power, and um, we're go- we're going to get cynical again. Uh, the last award goes to. Uh, the Kamaral Anthony award, which uh, I guess since I picked the jazz, that's uh, the milk, the Jokic award goes to the jazz, but the Camaro Anthony award uh, pertains more so to his last couple of years as an NBA player, a team that looks great on paper, but they just suck. They're not even going to get a break or anything. They're just going to suck. They're like, <laughs> there's just, they're not going to be as good as people think. They could either be an overrated team that still makes the playoffs. That just doesn't do too well. Or they could just be a team that you don't even think is going to even crack the top 10. Uh, Chris, do you want to lead us out with our most negative reward?
0: (laughs) Uh, A team that looks great but isn't. Uh, Shout out to Bill Simmons. I'm going with the Boston Celtics. Nice. (laughs) I don't think they're going to be awful. Like, don't get me wrong. I I still think they're going to be a playoff team. And, look, you could do a lot worse when you're replacing Kyrie Irving with Kemba Walker. But they also lost Marcus Morris, which is a really good wing for them. An elite, elite, elite defender. And Al Horford, who was the backbone of their defense, he's now gone. We still don't necessarily know what Gordon Hayward's going to look like entering next season. If he could ever return to, like, that elite-level, all-star caliber form is the kind of team that they're going to score like 120 points, but they're going to give up 130. So that's really Mm. going to hurt them. And their defense isn't their bread and butter anymore. They're going to have to outscore a lot of teams. And I think people are giving them the benefit of the doubt because we did see what Jalen Brown, what Jason Tatum was capable of when they were just let loose during that playoff run. And now they're going to be under the spotlight once again. And Kemba Walker, an all-NBA type point guard, I want to see if he's really capable of being that guy to make those two better because Boston is going to go as far um, and Brown take them. And Ennis Cantor, I like him as a five-man, great on offense, brutal on defense. So Brad Stevens, when everyone was calling him like the next coming of Greg Popovich, I want to see what he can do with this roster and if he can keep them in that like top four you know, discussion out in the East. And otherwise... This could be a team that's like hovering around the five hundred mark, and that would be a really bad outcome for them.
2: Fair enough,
1: uh, Jay. I'm bordering on on going the same route in terms of like picking a a team that is is solid like Boston and and not going to be as good as people think. But I'm actually going to aim a little bit higher or lower, I guess you could say. I'm going to pick the Golden State Warriors. Whoa! Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced that they are well, I, I am convinced that they are no longer the conference favorites. Um, but I'm also not convinced that they're even gonna be a top four seed. Now I'm not saying that they're not gonna make the playoffs. That's way too hot. That's like an unrealistic take. But what I will say is that with only with only Curry as their as their like I mean the Splash Brothers are no more, right? And D'Angelo Russell does not fit in with what they're hoping for. I mean, what are they really hoping to get out of D'Angelo Russell? Why give him the max um, when he's essentially the same position as Curry? Like they could have gone in so many different route, uh, routes with that move and they killed their cap with that one. Um, I think they're hard cap now. It's Anyways, enough in terms of their their, their roster makeup. In terms of how they're going to play, I mean, we saw a glimpse of it against the Raptors. The, the, the box end one, as much as you want to make fun of it, that's essentially what teams are going to do now because it's just curry who is their their main shooter. They're going to dare and Russell will have his games where he'll he'll go off for 30 or 40 or whatever. But I don't like the way that this team is, is the the roster is made up. Um I yeah, I, and and I don't think that they're gonna end up as a top four seed. I think there's just been too many other teams that have improved, and the loss of Clay and the loss of KD is is just gonna be too hard for them to overcome. The way that they filled their roster is really not that it hasn't been done that well. And I think you'll see that throughout 82 games is that Curry's just going to be spent and he's, he's already said it himself. He doesn't want to be load managed. He wants to keep playing. And I say that that's a risk um, with someone of his mind. you, It's been a, several years now, but he does still have a, a checkered injury history. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they um, underperformed this year. So that's my, uh, that's my Carmelo Anthony award. I'll take, I'll
3: take. Um, The spice uh, is real. Speaking uh, speaking of D'Angelo Russell, I'm going to go with his old team. I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets for the Camarillo Anthony award. As of right now, I I don't have any faith in Kyrie. I mean, he's the flashy scorer. He has all the handles and he does his spin-off, the English off the backboard great. But can you lead a team? Clearly, he couldn't with Boston with a very, very good team until we see uh obviously Kevin Durant come back I mean Kevin Durant is a superstar he's going to lead you to the playoffs by himself to the finals by himself but like I, you know I, I don't really like the pickup of DeAndre Jordan I think he's I think he's too old for for this league and I I really like Jared Allen I don't want DeAndre Jordan to take Jared Allen's uh, minutes so right now I, I I don't again I don't have faith in Kyrie so I'm going to give the Carmilla Anthony award to Brooklyn
2: I have an answer that's one of yours, but I also have a happenstance answer where, like, perhaps because of injury history and circumstance, this could go one way that could be super spicy to the point of losing listenership. I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, why not? If they have terrible luck, it could be the Lakers, given their injury history. Yeah,
3: yeah I see that.
2: The lack of of depth on the bench. You know, if Davis goes out, if, if Rondo has his usual fits or whatever, if uh, DeMarcus Cousins gets fouled out every damn game, they could be in a lot of trouble. There's a lot of star power, and they could easily do very well. But they, under circumstance, they could actually do really terribly. But since we're looking at actual just like legitimate team quality, I'm going to have to go with the Celtics. I mean, I love Kemba Walker. I wanted a better team for him. This is a better team for him the um the celtics better than than the hornets anyway, but eh as as was brought up, I'd like to see what Brad Stevens does with this type of setting because I feel like there's so much love because it is the celtics if if this was I don't know the Spurs or the Trailblazers, I don't think so many people would be like putting them so highly regarded as a as the next championship team. I honestly don't. I think it's a legacy alone. But uh yeah, uh congratulations Celtics with the Carmel Anthony Award. Hopefully you don't actually have to sign the guy. So let's end off on that terrible note. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay, where can we find you? On on Twitter. That's let's wrap things up a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh you can find me on Twitter at uh Rosalisaurus um I've got, I'm working on on something on on Raptors HQ. It's not out yet, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll kind of tease you with that. Um, but you can, you'll be able to see that probably before our next um, episode. And um, yeah, I mean, I was on CBC Radio today. Um, I doubt you'll be able to couch that because I don't think they save those. So I don't know why I'm plugging that. Um, but that's it. That's it for me. Um, Jay, how about you? Where can you find you, buddy?
3: Yeah, man. I mean, like, like again, it's. It's not too much... Uh, NBA or Raptors news right now because we're all kind of waiting for October but again we're kind of relishing the fact that we are champions and I can't it's music to my ears but man well, you can find me on, on Twitter at jlong 20 you can find our our Twitter account at That's A Rap Pod but also following us on Raptors HQ um, I've, I've been told that you can't really find our podcast with searching up That's A Rap that's because we moved to Raptors HQ so make sure you follow us there and find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and all that good jazz uh, but yeah Chris, I, I
1: don't up think with we've this. actually given a proper uh, send off for, for Dre. Actually, Dre, where
2: can we find you? Oh, Jimmy? we didn't, Dre. I, I apologize. <laughs> Go ahead, Dre. Ah. It's the Carmelo Anthony Award goes to you, Dre. Uh, no, I mean <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. No, uh, that's that's comeuppance. So, um, you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. Uh, you can follow me on my film editorial review website, Films where I review all the latest, hottest films, give them good or bad reviews. Uh, we're gonna be covering TIFF, so that's exciting. Uh, an exciting next two months leading up to that. Uh, but yeah, Chris, the floor is yours. Please plug whatever you want.
0: Well, first of all, I just wanna say thank you guys so much for having me. I've been wanting to do this for a while and I know you guys have hit me up uh, to get on the podcast. And I'm I'm so happy I was able to do so. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Walder sports. Uh, I'm currently talking to a couple of websites right now, trying to get back into the writing game after leaving the score last month. So uh, hopefully uh, one of those sticks and I could uh, start writing some basketball and or uh professional wrestling as well. Cause I'm also into that. And uh, yeah, coming up, hopefully by the start of the next NBA season, I hope to have my own podcast up and running yeah oh, man i can't i can't freaking wait for
3: that my god things man, are happening def- man things are happening things are i happening. can't i can't wait to have something to finally freaking hear chris's uh takes on a, 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 i don't know i guess basketball and sports related i don't know what do you what are you thinking chris
0: talk, we're gonna talk about everything buddy nice. everything in the kitchen sink it's happening man I've, I've wanted to do this for so long and i'm so glad i have you by my side doing this and uh yeah stay tuned more details to come. We're in, it's we're hopefully can get like a practice run in and uh, in the near future. And uh, yeah, of course, stay tuned.
3: Amazing man, I can't wait for that. All right, so guys, make sure you follow Chris uh, uh, on Twitter and make sure you you know, stay tuned because it's going to be something big coming up. But until next time, everybody, we'll we'll talk to you soon. That's a rep.
2: Is it sad that the only thing I care about? Kyrie Irving related or SpongeBob shoes? I'm definitely copping some. Those look pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. They look great. Uh, yeah, I'd, as a 30 I'd, year I'd, old, yeah.
3: No, I take
0: a, I take a Patrick one. I wouldn't mind.